time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out... With Paul. It's a Wednesday. The music in the background does denote that, as well as our furry friend, Paul, in the studio. Oi! Furry Manners, is, a, is please. a lovely way of describing somebody. I prefer hairy. I was going to say hairy, and I thought that sounds more negative than no, I'm, furry. I'm hairy and scary, that's what I am. Hairy and scary. No, maybe first impressions, if you have those mistakenly wrong, you might think that. But Paul is the least scary person I know. I apart, apart from when he's acting like that. If you're not watching the video radio, you are missing out completely today. Um, Paul's in the studio and I am losing my brain cells bit Why? by bit. Why? What's going on? I don't know. Like Halfway through this show, I've kind of just... I don't know, lost my energy. I don't know what's happened. The problem is you need a good song to really boost you up like Banana Allergy Monkey. I mean, <laughs> You've been chatting away with that. What is your obsession with Banana Allergy Monkey about? It's an instant food, isn't it? Oh, bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Monkeys as well? Not, I would never eat a monkey. Not so much, right? Another week, says Kay, of matching shirt colours. Do you guys plan ahead? Yeah, I, I, I pretty much organise Peter's wardrobe every single Wednesday because yep. he, he can't be trusted to do it himself. Yeah, he comes around the house about 6am and then it's starts a, going through all my drawers It's a bit stuff. of a bother, but his wife appreciates it. Absolutely, yeah. It saves her from having to do it, because I cannot dress myself. Um, You've really got to learn to do up your shoes. I don't want to, so I just tuck my laces in and I step on them instead. That seems like a good good idea. Uh, me and Paul, recently, we uh, filmed something for someone's YouTube channel. We did. came out yesterday. It the did. The response has been pretty good. It's all in Korean. It is. So it's, it's a, a warning. There's not a lot of English in it, <laughs> but there is a lot of us. Absolutely. It's about the royal family and our kind of thoughts on it. But what I wanted to say is... When I do something, usually, right, yeah. on YouTube or broadcasting, a lot of the comments will be like, oh, Peter, your voice is so deep and so lovely. And, oh, look at your thick eyebrows. Yeah. But doing it alongside you, your voice is deeper and it better is. and oh, your yeah. eyebrows are thicker I've and got more attractive. Eyebrows. And so they're all about Paul's eyebrows and voice. I know oh. what it feels like now to be doing something with me. I'm so sorry <laughs> to hear no, that. No, I love it. And it's uh, hilarious, the video. And Paul is uh, a wonderful sport on there with your theatrical gestures and stuff like this. It's not a theatrical gesture, that's just who I am. <laughs> uh, we'll get on to today's book. Yeah, look, um, it's been a bit of an odd week for me. Oh. Um, on Saturday, I went to see family. Uh, we okay. had a little bit of a shindig, a little uh -huh. bit of a party in uh, my sister-in-law's house. Okay. Because on Monday, my nephew went off to military service. I saw your photo post of him and his little buzz cut. Yes, he he actually got it during the party. He went off while we were we were having a break and got it got his head shaved. Interesting. Yeah, and it's I mean he he's fine. He's uh -huh. going to be okay, I'm sure. But it's, he wasn't too apprehensive about it. A little bit, but one of his friends is going into the same. Oh, base nice! As him, At the so, same time. Yeah, amazing. So they, they joined up together, so it's not too bad. The weird thing is though. 
because of COVID and everything, I'm probably not going to get to see him for a, a year and a half. Until he comes out, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So, so that's a little bit of an odd thing. And it, it got me thinking about this week's book, because mm. this week's book does have a military connection, a oh, little bit of one. Interesting. Um, it's r- a really, really good book. I absolutely loved it. It's called 어디선가 나를 찾는 조나베리 I'll be right there by Shin Kyung Suk, one of the big writers in Korea, and it's translated by Sora Kim Russell. One of the big translators oh, in Korea. <laughs> absolutely fabulous, both, both of them. And it's a tale of these four friends, mm-hmm. and they're coming into their adulthood in the 1980s, a very difficult time in Korea. Yes. And it's all about missed connections, it's about loss, it's about how to leave the past behind or learn how to do that and it is absolutely blooming brilliant i read it over the weekend and i I was gripped a fairly short read no this is a proper big novel oh wow this is we're talking we're talking over 300 pages but it is worth your time it took you a binge read session over the weekend uh the korean title like literally translated just fyi is somewhere there's a phone ringing for me Yeah, kind of thing. and there's lots of phone calls or missed phone calls or trying to call. It's, it's a really, really well-put-together epic story. My brother-in-law went into military service, oh, I guess it must have been about four or five years ago now. Yeah. Um, I can't remember for the life of me if you can even take your phone in. I'm sure you can take it in, but I don't think you've got access to it on a regular basis like when you're a civilian. Uh, no, no, and you have to get you actually have to get it approved by the military. Oh. You have to send it off, and I think they're they're going to you know maybe monitor what you're looking at and make sure you're not doing anything dodgy and so on. Of course, because you're on bases and stuff like yeah. that. That's sensitive information. Um, tell us a bit about the author. You said one of the big ones. Here one of the big Korea. ones. We've covered her a couple of times before. I love her work. Shin Kyung Suk. She was born 1963 in North Chola Province. Uh, she grew up in a small village there. came from a very large family. She was actually the fourth of six children, the oldest daughter in the family. And at 16, she left her family and moved to Seoul. It's a very big deal for her. And she went to night school in Seoul while she was working in a factory. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to uh, study at the Seoul Institute of Arts, a great place where she studied creative writing. And at the tender age of 22... She made her debut with her novella, Winter's Fable, won a prize for that. And then in 1993, a short story collection came out, became a huge hit. She quit a day job and she hasn't looked back. She's written numerous novels, um, the biggest of which is probably Please Look After Mom. Earlier ones that we covered, really kind of painful, but interesting read. Yeah, Yeah, and I like that book, but I have to say my favourite book until now Mm -hmm. of Shin Kyung Suk's was the other book we did, The Court Dancer, Lee Jin, which came out in 2018. Oh, that was kind of like a historical one. Yeah, historical romance melodrama. But now, I don't know. Because this book, I'll Be Right There, is just as good as The Court Dancer. It's very, very different. So now I'm not sure which is my favourite Shin Kyung Suk book. Wow, those are amazing words of endorsement. You can't really go wrong, it seems, with a Shin Kyung Suk novel. Uh, you can't. It's, it's the reason why she's an international bestseller. It's a reason why she's a hit author here in Korea. Well worth a look. And this book is brilliant. Uh, in terms of translators, I think Sora Kim Russell comes... 
top of our list, maybe, for frequency of being mentioned and featured. Yeah, she's one of the big ones. Um, she's translated so many fantastic novels by Gong Ji Young, by Bae Sua, by Hwang Sok Young, by Jung Sung Tae, by Pyeon Hae Young. We featured quite a few <laughs> of her books on here as well. Uh, she's a prolific translator. She teaches translation at Iwa Women's University and at LTI Korea. Um, She's, she's actually a writer herself, mm. and she, she did translation to get a better sense of how to be a writer, but then translation took over, and she's translated over 10 Korean novels, plus numerous short stories. Um, I think she is amazing, mm. and when I see her name on the cover, if I see it's a book translated by Sora Kim Russell, you know... You are in safe hands. Yeah, the quality is going to be of a certain level. Uh, so getting to our first reading, you said the book kind of touches upon the military aspect that you mentioned earlier. Does it feature in our, our first reading at all? Uh, no, it doesn't. It's to do with one of the other characters, a, a side character here. Mm-hmm. But here we're going to focus on the main character who's dealing with the past and remembering what happened to her and uh, trying to deal with the emotional scars that uh, are left on her. That sounds like a deep dive. Let's take a listen. What happened to those words that once drove me to wander aimlessly, my mind filled with doubt and sadness. Those bitter feelings, those aches that speared my heart whenever I was alone, where did they finally trickle away to that I should be holding up so well now? Is this life? Is this why the relentless passing of time is both regretful and fortunate? Back when I was caught in the whirling current, and could not swim my way out. Someone I have since forgotten told me, this too shall pass. I suppose this was proof. That advice applies both to those who suffer and to those whose lives are filled with abundance. To one, it gives the strength to endure. To the other, the strength to be humble. Uh, that reading, interesting stuff. We've got a few messages. Tropic Girl saying, I'm already moved. I want to read the book. Sounds like I'll need a box of tissues, though. You will. To get through it. Uh, you got a couple as well. I have Raoul saying, ooh, dealing with past scars. Yeah, it is so hard to do. And Sophie's saying, unforgettable memories. She hasn't moved on properly. She's still holding on to the past. You're both of you very, very right. Well, yeah, it sounded initially, you know, that the character's maybe gone through a lot, a lot of pain, a lot of emotional scars. And then towards the end of the reading, I thought that was a really nice way of looking at things. Like people with abundance... I thought it was going to get negative with them. You know, that too shall pass. So maybe they'll go through tougher times. But it was saying, you know, they get the strength to be humble. And yeah. then the strength to endure for those who have been through bad times or are going through them. Exactly. She's grown. She's in a much better place. Mm. Um, but she's looking back at her time as a student in Seoul in the 80s. And okay. it was a turbulent time. And she has these emotional scars. And this, is, this book is all about her exploring those memories about what happened. Okay. So her name is Jung Yoon, 
and we get her story, and interspersed with her memories are excerpts from the notebook of her old boyfriend, Myungso. Oh, what an interesting format for the book. <laughs>、uh, yeah, and it all starts with a phone call from Myungso,、mm-hmm. the first in eight years, haven't spoken in eight years, to tell her that their beloved university lecturer, Professor Yoon, is on his deathbed. Oh, dear. Yeah, and Myungso's like, please come visit at the hospital. Together. Uh, yeah, and、okay. she's sort of she's hesitant, and、um, well, she hangs up, and the memories come flooding back. Absolutely. And we learn what happened to her when she was twenty, and she moved to Seoul、mm-hmm. after the death of her mother, and she was leaving everything behind in the countryside, including her childhood friend Dan, who had always sort of looked after her. Oh. And he was the first boy to ever give her a book.、Mm. He gave her a book of Emily Dickinson's poetry. He's very sensitive. Wanted to be an artist. Was afraid of spiders, but re- a real loyal friend. And she abandoned him. Yeah. So she ends up in Seoul in Professor Yoon's class, where she meets Myungso and she meets Mido.、Mm-hmm. And Myungso is really adventurous, and he's always out protesting the government. And、mm-hmm. Mido, this young girl, is very introverted. She hardly ever talks, and she has mysterious burns on her hands and arms. Intriguing. And then we have Professor Yoon, who's like this inspirational figure for them. And one of the most important moments of her young life is when he talks to them about Saint Christopher.、Uh-huh. And there's a story about Saint Christopher crossing a river, and he carries this child who begs him to cross the river. Yeah. But when he carries the child. The child becomes so so heavy. It feels、oh. like he's carrying the whole wide world. And when he gets to the other side of the river, Jesus appears and says, "You were carrying me. You、oh. were carrying the whole world on your back." Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so Professor Yoon's words have a great impact on these three. And then one day, Yoon is out and about, and she's sort of discovering Seoul and walking, and she gets caught up in protests around Seoul City Hall, and she gets. Tear gassed, and she gets knocked down, and she falls unconscious,、oh、and gets pushed down some steps, and she loses her shoes, she loses her bag, she doesn't know what to do. She's in a, an emotional state, pretty much a wreck. And、mm-hmm. then Myungso sees her, and helps her, and carries her away from the protest area, and they get to talking. This is one of the memories that she's recalling in exactly. The book, oh, good place to pick up our second reading. The sporadic shouts of protesters and the roar of riot police reached my ears. My spine stiffened at the sound of the water cannon. We passed a locked-up newsstand. What can any of us do in this day and age? He mumbled. He sounded like Professor Yoon. What do you want to do with your life, Jung Yoon? I thought of the copies of We Are Breathing in my bag. Sometimes I wish we could start off old and get younger as we go," he said. "What would happen then?" I asked. "I guess we would both look old right now," he said. "I couldn't imagine either of us looking old." "I wish someone would promise me that nothing is meaningless," he said. "I wish there were promises worth believing in." That after we've been hunted and lonely and anxious and living in fear, there is something else. Considering the way we are living right now, if we were young at the end of our lives instead, then maybe our dreams could come true.
That's a very interesting, like, turning things on its head look at the world. And yeah, maybe in these times, I can't imagine what it was like having to protest against that kind of dictatorial rule and stuff. But yeah, you might think it's fruitless work. You might want that... Well, you would want that reassurance that things will turn out the way you're hoping for, right? This too shall pass. Oh, such an interesting point of view. She mentioned... The copies of We Are Breathing in My Bag, is that a book or something? Well, they're actually manuscripts that she's typed up for Professor Yoon and then hands out to the class. And she's got copies from Myung-seo, copies from Miru. And they become almost like sacred texts to these friends. They adore Professor Yoon. They look up to him and his words and his choices of literature are so important to them. And, uh, well, this is where the friendship really starts to form. Myung-seo... And Miru basically take her to Miru's house to get her sorted out. Yeah. And there she meets Miru's cat, whose name is Emily Dickinson. Oh, what a twist of fate. <laughs> yeah. And the three friends start to learn about each other. Miru and Yoon develop this close friendship. She finds out that Miru's sister has gone missing in search of a lost boyfriend, or that's what she says. Mm. But eventually Miru confesses the truth. She tells Yoon about her past with her sister, how an accident that she caused at her grandma's house changed her sister's life, stopped her being a ballet dancer, ruined her chance. And it was her fault. Yeah, and her sister did go missing for a while, but the truth is she came back to see Miro, and when she left, Miro followed her to a protest, and her sister went up to the top of the building. Miro followed. Her sister poured gasoline on herself and set herself on fire, and Miro tried to stop her, and that's how she got burnt. Goodness gracious, what a story. Yeah. And Myung-so and Yoon are also getting close. Uh-huh. But then something really special happens when Dan writes. He's got, uh, he's got Yoon's address from her father and says, I'm coming to visit. I'm off to the military service. Oh, wow. And I want to say goodbye. And the four of them have this wonderful moment together, this, this complete friendship. Mm-hmm. Two boys, two girls, just enjoying time together. And then Dan goes off. Oh, the bliss is finished. Yeah. And Yoon and Dan write to each other and she goes to visit him and they have this awkward night together where he makes a pass and she has to push him off. Oh, dear. And Yoon returns home and time passes and then we learn what happens to Dan. He was accidentally killed in a training exercise soon after he met her. Oh, But the thing is, Yoon can't accept the truth. She's still trying to write a letter to him. Hmm. So her cousin is asking Myung-so to please help her deal with it. She can't accept it. Yeah, and everything's going wrong. Professor Yoon has resigned from his post because of the political situation. He can't have it. Oh, no. You know, he supports the students. Their mentor is gone. Yeah, Miru goes missing. (gasps) And she's eventually found dead at her grandmother's house. What is happening in this book, Paul? No more. Yeah, it's it's revealed by her mother that she has suffered from an eating disorder. She starved herself to death. Goodness. And Yoon is left to collect her diaries and her papers and to look after Emily the cat. And Myung-so and Yoon, well, they're together, but they start to drift apart. <sighs> and so we come back to the present day and Yoon finally goes to visit Professor Yoon, along with many of his old students. Uh-huh. And she holds his hand and he's almost about to pass away, and he's writing messages with his fingers on his students' hands, telling them goodbye. And at the end of the book, Yoon has lived a happy and fulfilled life, but those emotional scars will always be there. But at the same time, the memories of these amazing friendships will also be there. It's the extremes almost. Goodness gracious. I'm in London. I'm in Australia. Tokyo. The Philippines. Finland. Indonesia. New York. 
Arirang Radio. Radio. Now live in Seoul. In that spirit, I ask you to ruminate one last time on the story I once told you about St. Christopher crossing the river. Right now, you and I are crossing a deep, dark river. Every time that enormous weight presses down on us and the waters of the river rise over our throats and we want to give up and slip beneath the surface, remember, as heavy as the load we shoulder is the world that we tread upon. Earthbound beings unfortunately cannot break free of gravity. Life demands sacrifice and difficult decisions from us at every moment. Living does not mean passing through a void of nothingness, but rather through a web of relationships among beings, each with their own weight and volume and texture. Insofar, as everything is always changing, so our sense of hope shall never die out. Therefore, I leave you all with one final thought. Live until you are down to your final breath. Love and fight and rage and grieve and live. Somewhat wise words there is an understatement. Is this from <laughs> Professor Yun? It is, and you've been listening to the Hashtag Daily K K-Drama of the Week. That was fantastic. <laughs> I love those words. What a book this is to have even those words written down. I know, it's so brilliant. This is, this is uh, Professor Yun's letter of resignation. Aha, uh-huh. not when he was on his deathbed. No, but, but it, is, ago. it is his final speech in, mm. in many ways, and it's a beautiful, beautiful message. He is of the old guard. He is Mm -hmm. of the older generation, but he's telling those young people, you are right to fight. Mm. It reminds me of Dylan Thomas, Rage Against the Dying of the Light. To the very end, to be human is to live. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of the protests that happen, not just in Korea, but all across the world, they're often kind of inspired by the young minds at universities and things like that. They are. To have a professor like that as well would be so inspirational. I've got to say, my professors, they're great at teaching like biology and stuff, but none of them really inspired me. I wish I had someone like you in my past. That'd be amazing. Well, you probably should have taken literature then. Yes, yes. One of the, one of the like, humanities or something like that. That's such a great message. And I really think that's the take home. If you've got that hope, if it never dies out, that will keep you living. I feel that that's what can make life like good or bad. If you've lost all hope. It's kind of pointless, it seems. Yeah, Yeah. and there's another message that um, they they meet Yoon when they're still students and he's resigned Mm -hmm. after the death of Miru. And um, he knows what's happened. And he tells them, look, this won't go away. Uh You have to confront the tragedy. You have to confront the trauma. And you have to look at it again and again and again. And you have to let it live 
with you. Yeah, we did for yesterday today the incident in 1987 of a Yonsei student being killed at one of the uh, protests. And yeah, those kind of things are really painful. Yesterday as well, just coincidentally, I think it was yesterday, we did the napalm photo, the terror of war. And it was the anniversary of that being shot. And I looked at that photo after a long many years without having seen it. And it's just horrific. But yeah, like uh, Professor Yun says, really important to kind of confront yourself with those painful things it really is and that's why this is such a brilliant book i i have to say uh, i know it's a little bit longer i mm-hmm. often recommend these short stories or novellas um but this novel is worth your time it is brilliantly written it captures this particular period in korean history i'm um, i should say that the author deliberately did not put a year on it. Mm. We know it's the 80s, but we don't know quite when in the 80s it is. Oh, really? She's just vague about the timing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah because she, she, she said in, in a note at the end of the book that she wanted to, to capture the spirit, but it's also a spirit that can be found all around the world through history. Mm. I'm sure we can find this spirit in Myanmar. Yes. At this point in time, in other places where there have been protests, where there have been all sorts of incidents like this. Lots of people in Korea really getting behind supporting the people in Myanmar because it's uh, not long since it was the case here in Korea as well. Yeah, right? we, know, we know what it is like to protest against a government who does not seem to care about its civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like today that we do need to talk about how tough it must have been to be a student back in the 1980s. Sure, if you were going to university or a young adult then, and then the military aspect, I was thinking about that with Dan going into service. Even if you're then really like anti-government and whatever, if you're in the military service, I'm sure you'd be doing a lot of the work for the government, you know, to suppress things and stuff like that. That would yeah. be incredibly difficult. Traumatised on both sides. Yes. Um, and, I mean, look, we had the, the candlelight protests a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they were amazing to see. And I think people around the world took notice and went, wow, you can protest peacefully yeah. and, and you can change the world. But back in the 80s, it wasn't like that. No. The, the riot police were using tear gas. They were using water cannons. Some student protesters were using Molotov cocktails. Yeah. It was a really dangerous time, a really dangerous place to be. And those students who did protest were incredibly brave and maybe incredibly stupid at the same time to put themselves in so much danger. Sure, but trying to change the world, maybe being inspired like that, right? Yeah, but also you could feel it, I believe. And Mm -hmm. reading this book, you feel it too. It's the dying of the dictatorship. Uh Democracy was on the way, but, but it wasn't quite there yet. It was not quite within reach. And, well... Everyone was pushing. All these young people were pushing and pushing and pushing just to get there. Yeah. And without those pushes, you know, it might not have happened. They were on the way out, it seems, the kind of uh, direction of the dictatorship. But you need that one final big push. They wouldn't go quietly, the dictatorship. And sacrifice, I guess, in some cases, unfortunately, is needed like that. right? Exactly. Uh, it's a really painful read. I mean, lots of messages. Leon says that he likes that the author didn't specify that the story was set at a certain year, but you can just tell it from the writings. Exactly. Exactly. 
I've got Tropic Girl saying, whole generation suffered in the strife of protest, turmoil, war. Her memories all wrapped up in friendships, love and loss. So true. Yeah. Sophie saying life has to move on, but the past is there somewhere in the atmosphere. We've all got those emotional scars. And yeah, that got me thinking again about going backwards, maybe, because then you'd have a time where you wouldn't have those scars if you're getting younger. If it's happened in your life and we're moving forward, it's always going to be there, right? Yeah. And those scars are important. I suppose, yes. Um, Paul, thanks as ever for coming in and we'll see you again next Wednesday, if Uh, that's all right with you. Oh, absolutely. Thanks as always to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for their help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thank you to Shin Kyung-suk for a beautiful novel and Sora Kim Russell for a wonderful translation. Goodbye! You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Arirang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.